0: Well, we are currently in a series called Red, and uh, this is week number five. Now, in most Bibles, the words of Jesus are printed in red, and I'm calling these Words of Hope. How many would agree with that this morning? Well, today we're going to address hope for hopeless situations. Have you ever faced one? Perhaps you're here today and you are presently facing one. Maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your health, perhaps it's a wayward child, it could be finances, it could be a career crisis, the list is endless today. In Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43, we find recorded two hopeless situations, and I want to read about them this morning. These two stories are going to be the foundation for our message today. So please listen very carefully. It'll be on the screen as well. But listen very carefully to these stories because we're going to relate to them as we go through the message today. The Bible says Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pave him, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him so he turned around in the crowd and he asked who touched my robe? his disciples said to him look at this crowd pressing around you how can you even ask who touched me? he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and he asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him. But he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha, Kum, Which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened, and then he told them to give her something to eat. There are five statements that I want to make today as they relate to the two hopeless situations that we just read about. And the first one is this, and that is hopeless situations should drive us to our knees. Verse 22 and 23, when Jairus saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he cried. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her. And in verse number 27, the woman with the blood disorder, the Bible says that she, she reached out to Jesus to touch him. For she said, she said, if only I can touch him, I'll be made well. Hopeless situations should drive us to our knees. I ask you this morning, why do we run here and we run there? Why do we try this and we try that and we try something else when Jesus is our answer? Here's what I know this morning, and that is sometimes only our only hope is divine intervention. There are times, friend, when our only hope is divine intervention intervention. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number 12, it says the, the, the children of Israel said, they said, we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Maybe you're here today and, and you are at the end of your rope. You have exhausted every possible avenue for help and you have come up Empty. Maybe you're about to lose your marriage. Perhaps your business is on the rocks. Oh, oh, maybe you are fighting a physical battle and you are losing. I don't know. Maybe your child is on drugs and nothing seems to be able to deliver them. Oh, oh here's what I know this morning a hopeless situation should drive us to our knees. Sometimes our only hope is divine. Intervention. Here's something else I know, and that is Jesus can always be found in our times of desperation. Jesus can always be found in our times of desperation. Verse 23 and 24, again, Jairus pleaded with Jesus, Please come with me to my house and heal my daughter. Verse number 24 says, And Jesus went with him. Oh, I love Love, love that phrase. And Jesus went with him. And Jesus went with him. Oh, I ask you this morning, has Jesus ever gone with you? Has Jesus ever gone with you? Has, has he been there with you when you were going through your time of desperation? Desperation. Jesus can always be found in our time of desperation. Verse 30, Jesus realized that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? Think about that for a moment this morning. This this little verse of scripture ought to give somebody, somebody some hope today. Why? Because this tells me that Jesus healed somebody without even knowing who it was. This tells me that anybody can have access to Jesus. This tells me that you don't have to be in who's who. Oh, this tells me that you don't have to be in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Oh, this tells me that you don't have to be a part of the elite crowd to touch Jesus. Oh, hear me this morning. Whoever you are today, Jesus can always be found. In our times of desperation, all you have to do is reach out. Oh, that's what the woman with the blood disorder said. If only, she said, if only I could just touch, oh, just the border of his robe, I know I would be made well. Jesus can always be found in times of desperation. We can always depend on Jesus. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, And it's the words of Jesus where Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I I don't know if you can see him this morning. I don't know if you can hear him this morning. I don't know if if you can feel him this morning. But I'm telling you this morning whether you can see him or any evidence of him or not, whether you can hear him or not. Amen. whether you see him or you don't see him in your life or whether you feel him or don't feel him. I'm telling you it is the word of the Lord. It is the promise of the Lord. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. We can always depend on Jesus. The third statement I'd like to make this morning concerning these two stories, and that is we often, we will often encounter delays along the way. We will often encounter delays along the way. Verses 25 through 34. The Bible says that Jesus is delayed on his trip to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. Here's what I've I've learned, and that is delay is not necessarily denial. Delay is not necessarily denial. Hear me this morning. God's promises might be delayed. His provision might be delayed. But delay is not the same as denial. Here's what we need to understand this morning, that is God doesn't get in a hurry. Those of you that have been serving the Lord for a while, do you agree with me? God does not get in a hurry. Here's what we need to understand, and that is hurry is an American thing, only found in America. If you have traveled the world as I have, you will discover that America is the only place where people are in a hurry. Americans who are world travelers are often extremely frustrated because of time. Time, which means so much to us, but means so little, if anything, to the rest of the world. Let me tell you, God has his own schedule. He has his own schedule. He he doesn't answer to man's time clock. He doesn't clock in and clock out on American time. In fact, the Bible says that to God, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. So what might seem like a delay to us might be right on time to God. Now, there's no doubt that Jairus was was all worked out about this delay when he he has Jesus by the arm and he's taking Jesus to where his daughter is and he knows if he can get his he can get Jesus to where his daughter is before she dies he knows Jesus will heal his daughter but here comes this lady out of the crowd she stops him no doubt at all Jairus was all worked up about the delay Because he knew, he knew, he had faith. He knew in his heart that Jesus could. And he knew that Jesus would heal his daughter. If only he could just get Jesus to his house before she died. But Jesus knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew what he... He knew that whether Jairus' daughter was alive or dead when he got there, Jesus knew that that was merely a detail. And the details didn't matter to Jesus. He could heal her or he could raise her from the dead. Either or, he knew he had the power for both why should he get in a hurry because he knew whatever the situation was he had the power to remedy it why do we get so much in a hurry and so such in a frenzy when God doesn't answer like we in a timely fashion if we would only understand that no matter how bad the situation gets it doesn't matter how far it goes that our God has enough power he can heal us he can raise us from the dead or anything in between he has if we only had faith to believe that God has the power to remedy the situation no matter matter how bad it gets it would make a difference in how we respond to the situations of life yeah yeah to you to you it has become a desperate and maybe even a hopeless situation but for Jesus it's all the same because his power is unlimited don't allow delays to cause you to lose hope don't allow delays to rob you of your faith Here's something you can expect. The devil will always place stumbling blocks in the way of our faith. John 10 and 10 says the thief, which is speaking of of the devil, the devil comes, he comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Satan will always place stumbling blocks in the way of our faith. My 16-year-old granddaughter, Briley, runs hurdles in track. Let me do the pawpaw brag. As a sophomore, say sophomore. As a sophomore, my granddaughter, Briley, made it to regionals in the 300-meter hurdles in a 5A school. I think that's pretty awesome gets her agility and her speed from her pawpaw. <laughs> no, my high school football coach said, "Mention you got great hands, but you run like a horse. I said, a thoroughbred? He said, no. 328 yards, or to get your mind around, that's more than three football fields long. I can't even imagine running for that far, let alone having a hurdle to jump over every 40 yards. She lines up to run 328 yards, but has eight hurdles she must jump over before she reaches the finish line. Satan will make sure we have plenty of hurdles standing in our way before or between where we are and where we are going. Back to Briley. I've been watching her run hurdles now for four years. Let me tell you that she glides, she glides over hurdles today that would trip her up and slow her down four years ago. Hear me this morning. If Satan can trip you up today with the very same hurdles... He used four years ago. You are not growing in your faith. Just saying. Here's something else that I I want to point out to you. My fourth statement today is this, and that is people will try to discourage you. People will try to discourage you. Because of the delay caused by the woman with the blood disorder on the way to Jairus' house, verse number 35 says, some people came from Jairus' house. Say some people. I know some people, do you? Some people came from Jairus' house. Say they came from his house. Some people came from Jairus' house and they said to him, it's too late to bring Jesus to your house. Your daughter has already died. Sorry, I I beg to differ with you. It's never too late for Jesus. I said it's never too late for Jesus. Listen, listen. Even if Jesus chooses not to change our situation, we are always in need of him. We need his presence. We need his comfort. We need his strength. We need his help in order to cope. May I beat my drum one more time? Be deliberate in who you allow in your circle of influence. Because people can make you or they can break you. They can lift you up or they can pull you down. They can add fuel to your faith or fuel to your fear. Notice the phrase in verse 35 again, people, some people, some people came. How I many know he needed some people about now? He's needing some people. His di- daughter is dying. He's need some people came from Jairus' house. How I many know he needs to hear from home? How I many know he needs some help from home? Some people came from Jairus' house, but what did they do? They said to him, his own people, say his own people. His own people spoke negative, discouraging words to him. They told him it's too late. And they continued to be negative. They continued once Jesus and Jairus reached his house. May that never be said of anyone from this house. Oh, let me tell you what grieves me as a pastor. And that is when some of our own people say our own people. When some of our own people Pull some of our own people down by shooting at them, by making accusation by all different ways and means. Listen, listen, listen. We're all in the family of God. Amen. Listen, it's all right if the world shoots at us. It's not all right if we shoot at each other. Listen, nobody's shooting at me, I'm not but don't shoot at your pastor. you Listen, if you've got a problem with your pastor, sit down lovingly, kindly, sweetly, in spirit of Christ, and say, "Hey, I need clarification. Oh, may we always speak words of faith and words of hope to one another when one of us is going through hopeless situations. Proverbs 12 and 26 says the righteous should choose his friends carefully. Proverbs 13 and 20 says walk with the wise and you'll become wise, associate with fools, and you're going to get in trouble. You've heard me say this before, but it's true. Take the top three to five people that you spend the most time with. Add all of those people up together. Take that sum total and divide it by that number, and that's going to be you. Like begets like Let me share my fifth and final statement Taken from our scripture for the day And that is determined faith Will be required for victory Determined faith Will be required For victory In verses 27 through 43 We see that that both Jairus And the woman with the blood disorder Possessed determined faith And both received their miracle. The woman had to fight through many obstacles in order to get to Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, he was thronged by a crowd—literally, possibility, a possibility of thousands of people gathering around Jesus. She wasn't the only one there that day, and she wasn't the only one that was trying to get close to Jesus. She wasn't the only one with a need that day, but she got to him because she had determined faith. Jairus, he had to persevere through delay and through a negative report, but he chose to believe what Jesus said to him and not what the people were saying to him. The people said it's too late. The people said there's no hope. The people said you might as well forget about it. But Jesus said in verse 36, don't be afraid. Just have faith. I believe that Jesus is saying that to somebody here today. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. And hear me clearly this morning. Hear me. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that if you have enough faith that you can get Jesus to do whatever you want him to do. I'm not saying that. And I'm not suggesting that faith can strong-arm God into doing things our way. Other ministries will tell am but I'm not, I'm not telling you that. I don't believe it. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm saying keep your faith strong. Keep your faith strong. And whether God chooses to take you out of your situation or he chooses to tag along with you in your situation, either way, you need him. Whether he chooses to get you out or get you through, you need him. You need his presence. Oh, the psalmist said in Psalm 23 and verse 4, he said, even when I walk through the darkest valley, even if I have to walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Why? Because you are close beside me. Determined faith will be required for victory. In light of this, feed your faith daily. Romans 10 and 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of the Lord. Let me ask you this morning, by a show of hands, how many of you plan on eating after church this morning? You're all going to eat. All right, let me ask you this. How many of you plan on eating tomorrow? Really? You're eating today. Well, good news. Are you, how many are going to eat Tuesday? Wednesday? Thursday? A bunch of porkers in here. <laughs> I'm teasing for those of you that don't know the difference. How come you're going to eat tomorrow? You ate today. You're going to be hungry again. Your body's going to need nourishment again. If we would only treat our spirit and our soul like we do our body. <laughs> I'm not going to say what just came in my mind. Amen. <laughs> Our body needs nourishment. Our body will grow weak without food. And so we continue to eat and so goes our faith. In order for our faith to remain strong and even to grow, it must be fed daily. Feed your faith daily. Read your Bible and pray daily. And it's okay to get an easy reading Bible I tell you but listen, it's okay listen you're not a Bible scholar you're not a theologian you are a Christian I don't care if you get a children's Bible read the Bible and pray just well, I don't know I can't pray an hour a day like the pastor well I couldn't either the first time I tried and now it's hard to quit kind of like eating the more I eat the more I want stomach just expands you just want more and more and more and more same way it is with reading the word and prayer if you really are sincere read your Bible pray daily listen to good podcasts good podcasts there's a lot of weird crazy stuff out there nothing ever weird and crazy comes from this podium it's always perfect but out there there's some weird stuff Just because somebody's popular doesn't mean they're preaching biblically sound. So if you need some clarification for somebody, we'll give you our opinion. Re-listen to this sermon and previous sermons on our podcast or on our website. Feed your faith. Hey, our takeaway for the message today is this. Develop your total dependency on God. Invite him into every situation. James 4 verse 8 says to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Today we're talking about hope for hopeless situations. The truth is with Jesus, there are no hopeless situations. Here's what I know this morning. Sometimes... He changes the situation. And sometimes he changes the saint. But I promise you, he changes things. Father, I just pray today that you'll take this word that has been shared this morning. I don't know this morning the the depth of needs that are here today, but you do. Lord, you so very clearly placed this message on my heart for this very day. And I know that you have gathered some in this service and in the second service today that are in desperate need of this encouraging word today. They need some red this morning. They need some words of hope.